Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Good morning, friends. This is the podcast where we look at things and talk about them. My name is Simon. My co-host name is Dean. Thank you. Yes, he always <laughs> goes to pause me there. I always forget that I'm supposed to speak. We've got a lovely guest for us this week, and his name is Dan Mitchell. He's a humorist uh, and a writer. <laughs> Dan, say hello. Oh, all right. I speak now. Do I? Yeah. Yes, right. please, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's quite hard to do a podcast without without the, the audio element of the interaction. Oh, I didn't, didn't I say that I, I'm only doing this and through mime? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I assume we could persuade you otherwise when we started, but uh, as it happens, no. No, not happening. I have oh. said that there's, there's only I'm only doing this for one reason. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to drink in a spare room without being disturbed by the kids. That is <laughs> the only reason, all right? Anyway, Dean, let's start one properly. Why don't you go show me and Dan this week, Dean, please? Right. I'm going to show you a thing, uh, as is the premise. I'm going to share screen on the go. Um, I picked it uh, so special. Um Dan, uh, it's something which I, I think uh, caters to some of your interests that we discussed in the past because we go back a long ways. And Simon, it might seem familiar to you because I uh, attempted to show it to you before and uh, uh, we discussed about five minutes. And he said, ah, Dean, we have to stop. I'm absolutely steaming. So, <laughs> uh, so we didn't use that going forward. So I saved okay. it for a more appropriate time. I thought, well, Dan's here. We'll do it now. So the thing I want to show you guys is this. Ooh. Oh, that looks delightful. So... We have here, yeah, Michael Winner's Fat Pig Diet Book. Uh, it is basically uh, what the premise suggests. It is a, a book on how to diet and lose weight, uh, written by Michael Winner, uh, who who did that, uh, apparently. Um, so yeah, it's been quite. I actually had a copy uh, ages ago, as I saw it in a shop, and I thought this must be a spoof. This obviously is, uh, you no, know, it's, it's like a one of those Christmas cash-ins. Where I'm really intrigued by the premise. Because yeah. I, I don't know Michael Winner had much, much of a sense of humor about himself. But um, no, it's totally legit. It is a diet book by Michael Winner. It's like 300 pages long. And um, again, I haven't got, I can't find the book since. But given the, uh, if the content is almost exactly what you expect. It's Michael Winner talking about his um, uh, his weight loss regimen, which is basically doing his regular lifestyle, uh, just eating slightly smaller portions of foie gras and pâté and uh, you know, veal. Can I just say that I'm looking at the cover here? Hmm. How I lost three and a half stone and kept it off. Yeah. Now, is this, and he's, he's saying he's like eating lots and eating all of the, the foie gras and stuff like that. Did he just like lose a leg to gout, which was way <laughs> three and a half stone or something? <laughs> um, is that the premise? Yeah. Uh, well, that, you know, I, that's a funny observation, but it's also pretty much correct. Yes. He, um, <laughs> Oh, he actually went. He had a he had a sort of really bad illness. I feel guilty. He was in hospital for for a while and lost loads of weight, as you do when you're like you're on a drip for like for four months, and became slimmer. And thought that justified the diet book. Apparently, so someone actually read it and said, "This book is just says what we're going to do is I can get like borderline leukemia or something." <laughs> Stay you can't hospitalize yourself for something <laughs> fairly serious, yeah. but only for a limited amount of time. And yeah. you will lose weight. Make make sure you don't die from it. And that's that's, that's page one, I think. But but it, it's it's pitched as you know he achieved this breakthrough of uh, kind of the diet, uh, which allows you to eat all the th- all the things you usually eat, all the, all the very rich foods, all the 
or the ports and the cheeses and the you know the veals and venison and what the stuff that I can imagine Michael when he eats on a beach uh, surrounded by uh, waiters uh, baying his every whim. Uh, but apparently, if you do that, waiters in speedos, mate. Oh yeah, of course. Otherwise, what's the point, isn't it? You're going to do it, go all out. Um, also, there's a section I remember reading where he says like, uh, and also to help with this weight loss, I uh, I did my daily Pilates. No, actually, what I do with Pilates isn't. An image I've really wanted in my head, but it, it hasn't left since. So um... no, he's just misspelled plates. That's all. Just... <laughs> Again, uh, there's no eye in plates. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just yes, daily yeah. plates of food. That's all it was. Yeah, and it sort of reminded me of um, a bit from Mike's, Mike Milligan's War Diaries, which I mention often. But obviously, when they're in, you know, in World War Two, they were smoking like chimneys all the time, and he used an African desert. I think I had malaria or something, but he was in the hospital for a week and like violent fever dreams. And when he sort of came round, his nicotine craving was gone. So he thought, oh, I'll just stop smoking then. So that was like, it is a sort of like a, a radical medical intervention. But he didn't then release a book, Spike Milligan's How to Quit Smoking Guide, which involves being part of World War II <laughs> and getting bitten by something in Africa. It's like, that would have been a tricky premise. But yet, here it's been, it's been accepted and approved of to the point where it's actually a book you can buy now. Signed by the author at Waterstone. Oh, you can buy. You signed by the author on his deathbed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Literally, they've just grabbed his gouty hand. And they've rubbed it <laughs> with, with grease. He's got grease marks on it. Yeah. Signed there we are. And is it, if you if you're lucky, you get a you get a smear of a pate de foie gras on on the side page as well. Like that. You can even tell what sort of goose has come from. You know. <laughs> Whether like it was a five milliliter, five milliliter, ten milliliter goose, I don't know, whatever one. <laughs> is that the measurement for geese, is it? <laughs> Milliliters. Well, you should know. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Why would I know? Take that back. You've got a you've got you've got a goose measuring device at home. Oh yeah. yes, <laughs> you brought in a five milliliter goose measuring yeah, device. Yeah. <laughs> hey Dean, I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> oh, you could have brought it in again next week if I hadn't reminded yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just got angry at Dan. <laughs> something you I thought he was accusing me of being a goose. <laughs> no, I've seen you goosing people. Oh, that's uh, true, yeah. And I've seen someone say boo to you, so that's obviously not... Uh, oh, that's true, right yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone said boo to me and I was a goose, I'd twat them one. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the benefits of being a goose, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There loads of geese on you. I've never seen anyone. I feel like I should try that. Just say boo and see what happens. The dog saw a surprise on the day and it got, you know, it really got irate with him. Yeah. Dogs, dogs are stupid with geese. Yeah. They don't know that geese have tongues with teeth on them. Yeah. It's terrifying, that, isn't it? Tongues with teeth on them. I'm not kidding. They're like aliens. Yeah. They're serrate, serrated tongues. It's really unsafe. You see it because they, um, obviously, I think a dog runs towards a goose or a swan near the lake uh, and. They get close to it, then the goose or swan then gives it a full wingspan, which makes it look like in the dog's eyes. Oh, it's it's five times the size of what I thought, and now it's uh, now it's scary. I shall leave it. Which is generally what happens when you run towards something. It gets yes, bigger. That's, that's yeah. perspective, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but quicker than usual. Maybe some, maybe they just think I'm going too fast. I'm, just, I'm so fast. So that basically, the the dog then just misjudges how fast he is and thinks he's the speediest dog ever. <laughs> I'm like this with Fiat Pandas. <laughs> you run towards Fiat Pandas after shouting at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show them who's boss, <laughs> yeah. I think of Fiat Panda, you can't show fear. <laughs> You've got to assert dominance early on, while they're endangered. What type of recipes are included in this book, Dean? 
I want to remember, it's not even recipes. Like, he's not telling you to cook anything. He's no. saying, <laughs> he wouldn't know how to cook something. He just got someone to do it for him. Yeah, exactly. True, like, yeah. There's no tips about, on what, you know, how to make this food. It's just, if you're going to have uh, you know, a large pork pie, have a third of the pork pie rather than all of it. <laughs> so, like, it's stuff and like that. Third, and then another third. <laughs> yeah. If you separate them, it counts as a three course meal. And then, <laughs> I mean, I can't remember his voice. It's not like that, is it? That's a... it's, it's, it's similar. It was yeah. not bad, Dean. He was always a, a, a you know, an upper. Like, he's like, he's, I can't even think of the word. He was a twat. Sweet, I mean, a twat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, weirdly, sort of unashamedly so. So there's a certain, uh, you know, I think I'd give him that at least. He wasn't hiding yeah. what he oh, was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm yeah. with you. He balls yeah. it out, didn't he? He was like, yeah. yeah. Look yeah. at this. This is I who I am. Was, I think I saw Bob Mills talk about it, like on one of those annoying talking head shows. But he said, um, you no, know, it's like the recession and stuff. Everyone was being quite circumspect and stuff. But like when I bucked the trend by what country one run good, I'm much richer than any of you. <laughs> so he did, and then he did, didn't he do adverts for car insurance? Yes, right. calm, calm down, down dear. That, that was his uh, last hurrah, really, wasn't it? Mm. So he was really just condescending even more, <laughs> pretty much, but in character. I used to like those adverts. I used to like it when he drove into back the woman's car and he jerked forward and his tongue came out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, of course, he directed Death Wish. Yes, he directed all of them. I think he did. I'm not sure. I wouldn't like to go on record as, as saying he directed all of them. I know he directed, like, three and four and five and something because they got re- – the first one's a bit extreme anyway, but they got really ridiculous really quickly. I think I saw Death Wish four or five where he – Kills a guy with a radio-controlled exploding football. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. A radio-controlled exploding football. Now, that, that sounds like a fever dream that he, he invented while he was really ill. <laughs> yeah, he woke up. Bring me a pen. <laughs> and, and it was all basic. He didn't even he didn't even write about it. He just drew a picture, this round thing, <laughs> and then explosion. It's like, and then radio control. That was it. Get me Charles Bronson. He's 76. He, I don't care. <laughs> he do it. That's why he's using radio-controlled um, footballs, because he can't <laughs> kill people himself anymore. <laughs> it was like, okay, this is getting funny now. Um, well, funny, but you know, it's getting really weird. And yeah, don't say it's getting funny, not on no. this podcast. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Don't promise where you can't provide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the book itself, I'm sort of just, I want to know, what, I mean, I, I guess you know, it exists, it's a celebrity tie-in to make money, I know that sort of stuff, but I wonder what the thinking was behind it. Like, what they're thinking? Do they think that because Michael Winner's notoriously not a svelte athletic person, that a diet book from him would be like more appealing to the masses, or was it sort of pitched as you know, the publishers? Oh, people hate hate Michael Winner. They'll, they'll enjoy roasting over this. But that's I don't think they usually have that sense of humor about themselves. And yeah, I'm just wondering what what the what the rationale was for releasing a diet book by Michael Winner, which doesn't include any recipes. And it's all about how he just almost died of an illness and <laughs> just like got thin as a result of that. What is it? What he's hoping for here? I mean, let's see. Were there that many actual Michael Winner fans? Well, that is exactly the thing. Yeah, I mean, it, he's he was a personality, almost like one of those. I think it's one of those deals where he was in the media, and therefore they just well, he's, he's one of us now, so he just gets work. Mm. It's like sort of like the Jonathan King sort. I don't want to compare him to. He was never that bad, but um, you know, just that sort of. Well, you're, you're, let's hope not. There, there, there's a lot of accusations about Jonathan King. Let's not let's not accuse Michael Winner's estate of. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, he wasn't, but one of those people, like, what, why are you on my telly? What, what, 
what 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 transpired to make people think that you're uh, someone we want to see um but you know he's, you know, he was a you know, he was a larger life character i guess but yeah I, I don't know anyone who would be a fan of his I mean, these days it probably would be he probably have a twitter account wouldn't he in a where he'd say outrageous things and he would have made loads on this book. Absolutely. Do you think he died because you were trying to do a sequel? <laughs> of, of this or Death Wish? You're going to do a reality version of Death Wish <laughs> and his ball exploded. <laughs> Michael Winner's big fat Death Wish. <laughs> he, uh, he, he was going to uh, kill himself. He found out he had 18 months to live. And then oh. um, he researched Dignitas. And uh, he found the paperwork off-putting. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a, it's a humorous thing he said. But, like, why, why would you find it off-putting? You want to die. It's not like you, you've got better things to do, is it? So you know what? This, this backs up my argument that he didn't write scripts. He just drew pictures. <laughs> he couldn't write. Yeah. He was illiterate. And the Dignitas forms put him off because they wouldn't accept drawings of him dying peacefully. <laughs> drawn in fog while grease. <laughs> and he, he was literally drawing all all of these things he wanted to to die amongst all his food. like a like a sort of like a you know like an a, a Egyptian pharaoh, but surrounded by by lard and stuff like that. <laughs> Embalmed in lard, a lard sarcophagus. <laughs> Amazing. I think he did a film with a, with a slightly similar premise. Um, I don't know if it, I'm guessing it was before he became ill, but um, Parting Shot, the, uh, the last film I've read ever did, I think with Chris Rear as the lead for some reason. <laughs> it's basically... What? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I need Chris you Rear's... to fact-check that, because honestly, <laughs> if I'm going to believe that, oh. I need to know that Chris Rear was, <laughs> was a lead in, in something with Michael Winner. I mean, that's a strange buddy cop uh, <laughs> scenario you've got Okay, now Chris Rear. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia now. I've got it in front of me. <laughs> and it's Chris Rear is the lead, and it also stars Felicity Kendall, Oliver Reed, Bob Hoskins, and Diana Rigg, and Ben Kingsley, and John Cleese, and John Lumley. <laughs> How are they, like what a all star cast! And then Chris Rear <laughs> is the lead. Yeah. That was one of the reasons it got bad reviews. <laughs> the reviews. There's I a lot of favors being called in there, and there. Yeah. yeah. You know, Michael Wynn is going. I'm dying soon, right? <laughs> it's not going to harm me to release these this footage, uh, <laughs> all right? But it, I'm going to die, and you're going to do this last film, right? Otherwise, <laughs> this is going out everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the premise of the film is that Chris Rea is a hitman who's finds out he's got like a year to live, and so I was right. I'm going to clear my list of people I who have wronged me. I'm going to just kill them all, and I guess these are all the people he targets. Um, but yeah, one of the reviews I saw it said. Why is Chris Rea the lead in this? Of all people. There was a Chris Rea video game as well. It was a video game. Did he do a video game? Yeah, Chris Rea video game. Oh. <laughs> My God. I'll bring it up now. So I can... no, do you know what? I, you can come back to that, but I will know, I will make one point about this book. It's got a picture of uh, Mike the Winner next to like a, a bacon McMuffin or something, and he is the same colour as the bacon. Yes, skin <laughs> yes. is literally yes. the same uh, colour as McDonald's bacon. Yeah, that's a that's a McDonald's breakfast muffin or some variation yeah. there, isn't it? So exactly, he's bright orange, but also ready somehow. It's, <laughs> it's, hard exactly. to, it's hard to do. It's like he's been brined. <laughs> 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 like a gammon, literally a brined gammon. Right, 
So I sort of wanged all of this enough now. So guys, how are you going to score this book then? Well, as, as it like the thing is, I would score it relatively highly if it had actual recipes. I would mm. give him like um, the benefit of the doubt if he actually had some recipes, no matter how ridiculous they were. I'd be like, I will let you off your sins um, <laughs> if you've got a good recipe involving like the cheapest white bread, um, twelve ounces of prime foie gras, and, <laughs> and, and a and a rubbish uh, what do you call it burger. Um, that'd be marvellous, but instead... A couple of millilitres of goose on the side. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of goose in, in a cup. <laughs> but instead, I mean, he's not explaining anything, is he? No. no. He's not explaining. So I, I was going to give it two, but it is signed. So I'll give it one. <laughs> no, no, I'll, give it, I'll give it three. I'll give it three. Yeah. I was going to go for three as well, because although like it seems to be a very useless book... Um, I always tend to give more points for just sheer audacity. And I do think this is a, almost like a, a textbook definition of that, of I'm rich and famous. I have lost weight because I'm ill, but I, people like diet books. I'm just giving one of those because I'm not as fat as I was, and therefore that's an excuse for me to make more money. And while I disagree with all of these premises, uh, I sort of have a grudging respect for anyone who just goes to that mindset and makes things happen. So I'm going to give it a three uh, for sheer audacity alone. I'm going to give it three and a half. I am interested to read it. I might see if I can get a copy for some pennies on eBay or something. It's not expensive. I looked up. Do you know what, Simon? Yeah. I've got it. I know why you're giving it three and a half. Go on. Because you subliminally read the, the, the cover. It says, How I Lost Three and a Half Stone and Kept It Off. And you have been oh, yeah. fooled by Michael Winners. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's implanted three and a half in my brain <laughs> subconsciously. <laughs> now that's all I can think of. Well, winner, you win again. <laughs> That's why he's a winner, I was going to say, but you got there first. So, well done. Uh, welcome back, listeners. Now we're going to move on. I'm going to show something to Dan and Dean. So, mm-hmm. gentlemen, here is something I have found. It is an article in the Irish Examiner. Right. Right which I imagine is one of the premier publications in Ireland. And the article is, the well, the headline of the article is, you won't believe how Nutella is officially pronounced. Okay. And, which is fair enough. But <laughs> it's not much of an article, headline. No. The premise alone seems thin. The premise seems a bit thin. But the really perplexing thing about this article, and when we get to the belly of the beast, you'll see it's even thinner, is that... As you scroll down the article here, what it turns into is a cut and paste job of a conversation between you, Dean, and Dan. <laughs> I don't remember this. So literally, cut and paste right. feeds from Twitter, and it says, Dan says, oh, God, I just heard a man pronounce Nutella Nutella. Right. Then Tom Chivers chips in and copies you in, Dean. Right. And then it just is literally a cut and paste job of a Twitter conversation you and Dan have. It's <laughs> fucking <God>. mental. <laughs> this is 2015. It was a hard time for me. <laughs> well, that's fair enough, but how is this important to the Irish people? What do you think about Nutella? They're really concerned about how we pronounce our spreads. <laughs> I honestly did not know this existed. Yeah. I, I remember being concerned about it at the time, but I don't remember a conversation being newsworthy <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> 
<laughs> the wrong places. Yeah. I have been there, and it's a lovely place. Yeah. I'm not going to diss the place, but why? I... <laughs> Five replies! <laughs> yeah. It had 11 likes and five replies, Dan, and this, this made the press in Ireland somehow. <laughs> yes. No, Ben, no, I've, I've seen you on bigger tweets than that. So <laughs> no, no, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with five replies, really. <laughs> That was not the zenith of my career. To be honest, five replies is brilliant. <laughs> and also, the Irish examiner is trying to have their cake and eat it here, in that they're mm. saying things kicked off in this highly important story yesterday. Right? You can't go like, oh, yeah, this is really important. Why are people talking about this when you're publishing it in your bloody newspaper yeah. website? That, oh, yeah, I, I really don't like can't that. Can't both ways, can you? It's either no. important and newsworthy or it isn't. If it isn't. <laughs> Get it out your bloody paper. I want to point out here also, <laughs> a bit of a slight on myself, I think. Things kicked off in this highly important story yesterday, which I'm guessing is sarcastic. When t- Twitter user, Garaboy, myself, innocently tweeted comedian Dan Mitchell. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my, my purpose of my existence is to use Twitter. <laughs> Dan gets to be a comedian. What I say this normal man <laughs> retweeted hilarious human being. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like this bit though. I like it. <laughs> come round to it. I'm come round. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, all, I'm all for it. It's still only got eleven likes <laughs> between yeah. us. Between us. You know what that is? Because you're not a Twitter user. That's why. <laughs> if you're a Twitter user, you'd have more likes. <laughs> Let's see how many Dean got. Oh, Dean. Two. Ooh, there we are. It wasn't meant to be for anything. I tell you what, Dean and Dan, I'll log into the podcast with the account now, if I remember right. the password, and I'll give you both a nice like and reply each, is it? Can I just say, though, right? Can I just say, Dean's reply here, he says, I don't care enough about Nutella for what's going on in my mentions right now. And it shows two likes. That's too many likes for Dean. <laughs> Stop it! It's too exciting. No one, no one said I was a good Twitter user. I don't care enough for two whole likes. This tweet is a reaction to what's happened before this tweet. That's the problem. That's not what it says, though, is it? <laughs> and one of those is Tom Shivers. The other one's probably me. <laughs> Let's see if there's any comments. No, unfortunately, there's no comments on this article. I'm guessing the Irish Examiner is sort of like, uh, or it was then, Based on this um, uh, article, so like you know, the, the reach publications in this country, now, which includes like um, Wales Online and all the local ones, but they say it's like a local um, paper. It's an online website, but they just yeah. they just cribs stories from everywhere. Yeah, and this they actually, say a lot. yeah, for, I'm, I'm not sure if they still are common. I imagine they are because I, but I still stop paying attention to them. But it seemed to be a very persistent and a very annoying. Uh, approach to just generating content. Yeah. Massively hyperbolic headline about something that happened on Twitter or a social media site, which is utterly innocuous. Yes, yes, yes. Six paragraphs of build-up, screen grab of the fairly banal interaction, three paragraphs of explanation as to why it was brilliant. And then like, ah, oh, what'll they think of next day? Yeah. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> Even though it's a newspaper. <laughs> just like and subscribe, please. <laughs> That's how we say goodbye these days. Uh, it did start off as like the clickbait were always like that, didn't it? Mm. Like the uh, this woman has found 
tricks the doctors don't want you to know and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, those are adverts. It, yeah, it, like, it, yeah. You're right. It has crept into like normal news, supposedly news websites. Yeah, there was a display in news. Was it twenty? Oh, so twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen was like the the peak of Upworthy when they did like um. What's that? Like the basically the website kept saying twelve uh, twelve things that are. No, uh, completely unbelievable. Number seven will shock you. Uh, no, uh, oh. Twelve fish that you won't believe are slippery. Number eight will escape your grasp. <laughs> so, they've been really specific about it. Here we go. Here's one. Eight reasons. Here on Wales Online now. Eight reasons why Happy Valley really is the best TV show ever. Okay. <laughs> what happened to the child stars of the never-ending story? They got yeah. old. And this is one of the main news stories in Wales. Uh, yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, I'm mean, sure that's always the case, but they're really scraping the barrel already. One, 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 one uh, the forgotten child stars of uh, yesterday. Where are they now? Yeah. And it was like so, a few people uh, just were big when they were kids and uh, ironically aren't as big now that they are bigger. But it was so sort of contrived. And then they just like, clearly there's a headline they want to justify it. And they ran out of ideas like halfway through at the very, the very least because one of them said, uh, Jesse Spencer, where is he now? As a dispenser, was in Neighbours, but you know uh, what happened to him afterwards? Like he's currently Doctor Chase in House, biggest TV show on the planet right now. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean, forgotten child star? Yeah. I think most people would know he's him do- from from that rather than well, exactly. Neighbours, which was a very limited yeah, and in, and in that, appeal. And in that, he he's the fit one, which is like the one people pay attention to. So, I saw a clickbait one the other day, and it was um, the title of the article was "You wouldn't believe what she looks like now." And it was a picture of the girl that plays Sarah Platt in Coronation Street when she first came on the show. Right. And the thing is, she's still in Coronation Street. So we <laughs> would believe what she looks like now. She's on three fucking nights a week. And the, the thing is, you'd have seen the gradual change if you'd be watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I would I fully believe it. That's a weird thing. Um, I, I've talked about this recently when, you know, like in a lot of films now, when you have an old action star or action or an actor who needs to play a younger version of themselves. They do the de-aging thing. And like Marvel does it a lot. And like they're doing it with the new Indiana Jones as well. Like they're making him look digitally younger. I you said de-aging then. I was like, that's a bit worse. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> Can you leave them the nationality they are, please? <laughs> At standard Hollywood practice. I think we know that by now. <laughs> the, um, no, de-aging. The, look, you see all, like, a lot of the Marvel films do it now. And, um, but, I realize like a lot of I mean, you know, it looks all right. It's not like seamless. You can tell it's got a bit too smooth and stuff. Yeah. But something about which has bothered me with thought, oh yeah, this is this is Michael Douglas, this is Harrison Ford. I know what they looked like they were when they were younger. I saw it and it wasn't yes. this. We actually seen them when they were a lot younger and they looked completely different to this. So they weren't made out of pixels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't, they weren't so like shiny. <laughs> As a, maybe not on camera at least, maybe off camera, but that doesn't doesn't apply. But yeah, so uh, that's I mean it's Quite a tangent to go on from this article about me and you on a chat on Twitter. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> but, not really. I'm just trying to sort of deny this happened, and uh, but while also going, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't know about it until. I mean, even the premise of the article, uh, you know, like Nutella isn't pronounced that; it's pronounced Nutella. Like that's not really something anyone cares about, and no one's going to pay attention to that, do they? You don't get to tell people how they pronounce things when they've been in the public eye for too long. No, but even if it was a story about. Uh, the company announced that uh, it's not. It's just that apparently it's called this. Here are some people reacting to it <laughs> online. Exactly. Who aren't Irish. So, unless Tom Chivers is, I don't think he is, but. Uh, it's only called. Yeah, he, no, he's American, I think. 
And it's only oh. called Nutella because it was um they were they were trying to tie it in with the new metal sort of uh sort of phase of things. <laughs> yeah. There's something the new wave of rock and roll wants is chocolate spread. <laughs> they put it on a limp biscuit. Limp- <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> nice. So what are we gonna give this article that features uh, the pay of view? Part of me wants to rate it really highly because I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you do you do come off better than Dean, right? Yeah, yeah you're in that case, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I will I will let it let it have a higher mark than I would normally. Um, because it's a ridiculous article. However, I do trump Dean in this conversation, so I will give it four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I've never been a fan of stuff like this. It's basically the packing foam of the internet, really, isn't it? It's just. Just there to take up space and yeah, so I'm going to give it a one uh, because <laughs> I, I like I, I at the risk of sounding immodest, I like to think I'm more on my CV than Twitter user for Christ's sake. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> no, apparently not. It's not the highlight of my life. I love it. I, I reckon you should put it on business cards. <laughs> put it on quotes on your next book. Twitter user. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter user, then you can put in brackets innocent retweeter as well. <laughs> yeah. And then you can even say Twitter user 2050. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish examiner. It's like tragic comedians who got one quote from someone who they met in a pub in 2011 and they just <laughs> put on their posters. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a full five. <laughs> of course you are. It thrills me to think that uh, the Irish have nothing else to worry about than this. Good, good on them, and also, um, yeah, five full five. Congratulations, Irish examiner. This counts as cyberbullying, I'm sure it does. Yeah. No, I'll change your score. I'll change your score, and I'll give you one. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. Section three, guest section, Dan Mitchell. Everyone's favourite section. No, no, no. not mine, is it? <laughs> not my favourite section, because it's me. <laughs> Sick of my own voice. Anyway, you, you might be a massive egotist, you know, no? That's true. Well, I am a bit. I, I, just, I, was, I gave the highest mark to the last section, and it was just because of my own name, so, yeah. <laughs> Fair point, yeah. Uh, you've, built, you've built a character study quite well, Andy. <laughs> 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 ways. <laughs> you tricked me just to analyse me, Dr. Freud. She's like a three-year-old child, like, my name! <laughs> I like it! <laughs> if you hear any tapping during this section, listeners, that's just Dan... Trying to book flights to Ireland as quickly as possible. <laughs> See my fans from 2015. Cap on his eight-year-old fame. <laughs> so what have you got to show us then, Dan? Uh, before, before, right? I mean, I know I've had a bit of a problem with the internet to, to send this to you, mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to send it to you old school. So I'm just going to have to, before I send it to you, I'm going to have to send it uh, some of my animal familiar, if I may. Okay. <laughs> 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 Fly, my pretty. Fly. Bring them the gift. Send it by Hawk WhatsApp. And uh, send it by WhatsApp, but I will also use it, put it on the screen in my hands. Okay, so you can see exactly what I have brought. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. on WhatsApp they look like full size golf clubs. But... Exactly. That's why I have to show them. 
These are okay. tiny. Tiny. I've got to give you a little um, explanation first before we actually work out what they're, what they're for. Because okay. I gave myself a budget for this show, right? <laughs> right. 20 quid tops, right? Wow. Anyway, one bottle of me down. <laughs> I to steal something from the floor so I can go to a charity shop and get these. Uh, they, they were tied together, not with an elastic band, but with a hair band. <laughs> they were too good, shop too good to miss at 50 pence. <laughs> so uh, they're very shiny, don't get me wrong. Some of them are yeah, rubbed. Yeah. They have also got a solid rubber grip. <laughs> why? Nice. Exactly why? Why would you get like... The three, they're not just, they're not even three of the same golf club. They have, yeah. I don't know the names of the golf clubs. I, I care so little about golf. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I find them appalling. Who and why would someone purchase a yeah. set of miniature golf clubs? <laughs> and also, for this, when you say miniature, we don't mean like a mini golf, like it's in a company knee. These are what, the size of a pen? Something exactly. like that. I mean, look at them. Yeah, yeah. There's a wood. I think there's a wedge. What? I think it's a wood. There's a wedge. And oh, iron, like, oh, you've changed. You're a golfer now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna lose your Irish audience. I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> so it's largely I, I put purchased them largely because of how much I loathe golf, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me wonder what sort of person would buy these. Yeah. Yes, and you wanted to deprive that person of joy. <laughs> so, look at them. My first thought, you picked, you picked them up and showed them. I thought, are they like, do you take the top off and there's a pen underneath? But it's not that, is it? There's no... Oh, my God! Of course. He's fucking solved it. Listeners, he solved it. Oh, you've ruined everything now, Dean. <laughs> oh, Dean, you know that's not... We're not supposed to answer the question. But even so, who's going to be right in that with the... With it, with this wiggling oh. around, it's also it's the wrong. I thought that the, the the head end would be the pen end, but it's not. It's the handle end. Handle end makes, is a pen. Okay, now I found a reason for them. We still don't know why these are on sale. No, no, no. How many uh, people would actually purchase a pen the size, the shape of a golf club? Yeah, but that, that looks like I thought. Like if you take the head off, it becomes like a normal pen, but the the, the head is still on. So it that makes it look like it'd be unwieldy. So this just... this rubber grip, which would be a perfect thing for holding if you were a pen. Yes, you were a yes, exactly, precisely. Yes. Instead, you have got this unwieldy and quite heavy metallic end, which weighs down everything you're trying to write. I mean, I, I'd be like, "Oh, pass me the putter. I need this is an important document." <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the way, just as a ransom note. <laughs> We're going to make this look edgy. You do your main body of writing with the, the I-N, and then you dot the I's and cross the T's with the putter. I'm, I'm now going to have to test them. I'm going to have to test them, see if they actually work. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that works. Oh, my God, I, I've actually bought myself some pens now. For 50p, it's not a bad, you've done a yeah. good deal. And do you know the best bit? Uh-huh. They're three different colours. Oh, flipping heck. All the classics, black, blue, red. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I, I, don't, I don't care. This this show is worthwhile after all. 
Uh, <laughs> I might encourage people to listen now. You've actually given me three extra pens. Uh, <laughs> Well, Simon, looks like we can leap now. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare the spaceship, Dean. We've succeeded. On to the next planet. <laughs> you know how, like, when you're always purchased something, you mention you like something once, and then every Christmas yes. someone will buy you something themed oh, around Oh, God, that. yeah. Like, you family equivalent of the Amazon algorithm, isn't it? So, and it's um... just like, oh, my God. Someone has mentioned, I like golf, and someone has gone, Brilliant. I'm going to make something about golf and I'm going to make a fortune. I'm going to make a fortune <laughs> out of selling golf novelties. I mean, Bruce Forsyth would have loved these. He would, <laughs> he would have, have loved it, yeah. Bruce Forsyth would, would have, have absolutely yeah. adored these, really. He would yeah. have written his, written his autobiography with them. He probably yeah. would have written it with them, yeah. He would also you would have liked uh, those, those ones because they're all different and you get nothing for a pay. Yeah. That's true. No, yeah. Not in this game. This is the second time discussing Bruce Forsyth's autobiography on this show. So, have any of either of you ever played golf? No, I've been to a driving range because my uncle said I might like it, and um, he was wrong. (laughs) What about crazy golf? Where you got to tear up a cocktails? Yeah, yeah. I'd love that. I mean, anything, any um, you know, thing involves like a a, you know smacking a ball through a a plastic um, um, mythological animal's anus is absolutely (laughs) a one with me. But, um, you know, for, for the reality of it, golf people take it far too serious considering it's just smacking things. <laughs> uh, I mean, my God. And also, I mean, I've got poor eyesight even with these spectacles that I wear and hmm. trying to guess the, where this ball is going. You know, it would just be like, take me all day to get one. And I'd be like, there we are, I'm done now. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about that, you could technically now set up like a paper mache mini golf course on a table and use those clubs as a sort of like home version. Yeah, I could do a lot of things, Ooh. Dean. All right. And that's, that's low on the list of my priorities. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and look hard at our podcast. You love a papier mache golf course. I do love course. a papier mache. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be cool. But I, I, I think a papier mache. This is what getting the Irish examiner does to man. <laughs> it's yeah. too cool for papier mache. No? It's too good for golf. No? That's what, that's oh, what I think. What I'm going to have to do is like, I'm not, it's, it can't be mini golf or crazy golf. It's going to be like macro golf or something, you know, micro, <laughs> macro golf. And going to have all these different ones. I mean, Ant Man could probably use these if he hadn't shrugged all yeah, the way down. Uh, yeah, it, it, it looks like it's built for like a gnome or something, like some mythical race which uh, just sneaks into our world occasionally and plays our sports for some reason. Do you know what? I wouldn't encourage mythical races to take up golf. <laughs> I nearly said <laughs> mythical racists. Like. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said racists. Yeah, everything yeah, racists. Uh, no, unfortunately, they're all too real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if, if if I could encourage them to take up golf and stop the racism, then yeah, that, I think that's a good that's a good goal. But yeah, that seems unlikely because they seem to go hand in hand quite well. You say about the things where people buy you stuff when you mention once that you like a thing, and then you end up with some really weird shit. Yeah, that can have good results because as a result of me saying I like comedy, I'm doing some comedy. That's why my dad got me the Northeast Comedy Classics DVD. Uh, to this day, I can't remember. I can't. I never figured out if he meant it as a sort of "this is good comedy, you like this," or he's just joking. Like, this is gonna be rubbish. You'll enjoy this. As a sort of you know, ironic thing. But we got a lot of mileage out of that, didn't we, Dad? Oh, we did. It had the greatest. It had the greatest vox pop of all time. It was, it was delightful because it was not just about the comedy, which was inherently <laughs> uh, sort of 
borderline racist and and condescending and sexist and stuff like that. Also, really hard to understand the references because it's from like early seventies in Newcastle. So, like for us in like the twenty first century Wales, like I, I don't know what they're referring to right now. I can't <laughs> like there's no in for me here. But yes, but yeah, they, they weren't the funniest thing on the DVD at all. That was uh, <laughs> that was, was the it man. Was, it was the, the local people <laughs> so excited to be out. And <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to do the line. They interviewed this one man who'd obviously got his best, his wedding suit, probably. <laughs> yeah. He's there out there with, his, with a few teeth still left in his face. And he was yeah. grinning so happily. And he said, Dean, what did he say? Years ago, they said times were hard. It was hard. But look at us now, we're eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely look at us now, we're eating chicken. And I mean, that I reckon should be. That that could be an epitaph. Uh, for the, <laughs> yeah. Look at us now. We're eating chicken. That should be on, like, translate Latin from, from the flag of Newcastle or whatever that is, from, from the football team's badge or something. They must have had chicken in the old state. Well, I, I mean, I'm fairly sure it's been a staple for many years. Yeah. But maybe eating chicken when you're out? Is that, is that a new thing in the 70s in the north? I think the novelty was it was in a basket. Oh, chicken in a basket, yeah. yeah. That, that actually was a big deal for a while. So he's going to comment it on a lot. You got a whole meal in a basket. What do you mean a whole meal? Well, chicken. <laughs> well, of course, these days, when you get a food in a basket, you, people tend to kick off on Twitter, don't they? Oh, it's supposed to be on a plate, it's not a shopping trolley or a novelty spade or something. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I don't mind food on a shovel, really. If it, if, if it can fill the shovel. It's easier, isn't it? Yeah, if there's no shovel, especially, I'm happy with that. Exactly. No shovel of chips. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, just chuck it on the floor, glad like a pig. Exactly. <laughs> I'd eat out of a trough if it was a full trough. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I'm not licking the, 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 the bottom of the trough, but if it's a full trough, I mean, I'll eat out of it. It's not a problem. Would you go to a restaurant called Nose Bags and they just give you your food in your nose bag and you know you don't know what it is, but they just hook it on your face and then you can go at it. It's cheap and there's a lot of food involved. Do you know what? There's a lot of there's a lot of pro- problems with that. Um, but if you had a cold, and no one could tell if you're choking on a chip or not. What if they put soup in it? You'd have to laugh at that. Actually, we're a scuba deal then. Isn't it? I mean, my God, you literally gonna have to be snorting the soup and then coughing it into your own mouth to swallow it. Hmm. But I bet that that could easily be a London pop-up, which is like really trendy for a few months, and then disappears without trace. Nose bags and shortage. Oh yeah, that's the, that's the place all the kids are going, exactly. <laughs> and then you never speak of it again because it's gone. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's like an Aesop's fable warning against that, really. <laughs> <laughs> an Aesop's fable warning against shortage pop-ups. Yeah, massively so. <laughs> Love the, the Aesop. He, <laughs> you know, all the bases covered, didn't you? It's Fair literally about, I think it's about the, the fox and the stork who invite each other over for tea, right? And right. The okay. fox gives the stork, like, some soup. Um, and the stork <laughs> no, can't back. eat it. He's got a long beak, right? right. Okay. Yeah. And while well, the fox just laps it up, like, laps it up. Then they go to the stork's house. The stork gives him more soup, but in a, in a long <laughs> tube. <laughs> and, and he can't get it, see? So this is a problem. Nose bags, uh, and and it would be like the emperor's new clothes. Everyone's too embarrassed to real to say that they can't eat it. <laughs> they can't eat it. It's wonderful. It tastes amazing. It's like they could have put slurry in there. No one could eat it, <laughs> yeah. and they could have saved themselves a fortune. They've charged like hundred quid 
a nose bag of random shit. <laughs> and people are giving it all, you know, OJ Rayner's got basically, you know. <laughs> you just call him OJ Rayner. I'm not selling J Rayner. I'm OJ Rayner, isn't it? That's, that's a mashup nobody's all coming. Yeah, that, that, no, it's not him. I've got respect, bear respect for J Rayner. He's been to Cardiff. I'm talking about that Tom Parker Bowles. Person, right? Oh, yeah. He's the one. He'll right. really, he says it's the best place ever because what they've done is they put on the rim of the nose bag. They've literally put cocaine. So everyone's <laughs> like, fine. I'm not angry, but I'm 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 having a wait of a time. I've paid two hundred grand uh, for a course, <laughs> right? I've lapped up that nose bag and full of slurry, and I've literally written a review for the Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how wonderful it is and like you said two months later they are closed down because they're not getting, they're not giving <laughs> yeah. enough of a bung to the Met <laughs> <laughs> well I think, I, think, I think that solved it I think that that's where those golf pens come from anyway <laughs> it is it's all because of that <laughs> I can't remember the link but I'm sure there was something somewhere ah uh, so what are we going to be said Tiny little golf clubs, which turned out to be pens. Then, what are we going to give them? Um, uh, because you know, Dan introduced them as uh, with such disdain. I've, I've had a reflective urge to defend them. Um, they are pens, I suppose. They have some purpose, but the, the golf shape and the weightiness uh, strikes me as unhelpful. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them, uh, I'll give it two. I don't know it's like it's like form over function, isn't it? Like. Yeah, they are they are inconvenient pens, and that's uh, I, as a writer, I can't support that. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair thing. As I'm holding them, the um, rotation, the, the the screw, right, the thread of the the top here yeah, of the actual head of the golf club, it's just rotating on its own and coming loose. That's making it <laughs> okay, even more good. of a problem. No, no, that's that's. I mean, I could literally unscrew them and use them as normal pens. But that defeats the object of golf pens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're buying golf pens, you want to use them as golf pens, don't you? So I'm giving them one. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I can't stand golf. I like pens, but these <laughs> I don't like these pens. <laughs> I'm going to give them four. Um, four. I, they're very shiny. I like the I, um, I like the way at the start they confused me because I thought they were normal golf clubs on the picture on WhatsApp, and then when I saw them <laughs> on the video, they were tiny. I like that a lot. Did you think? Oh, hang on, Dan. I can explain this straight away. It's a game. <laughs> golf <laughs> clubs. Yeah, it's a game. <laughs> game. Quite popular, Dan. Fucking idiot. <laughs> I like the the way that Dean instantly knew what they were as well. <laughs> Shows his writer's instinct. He can sniff out a pen at 20 paces, even through the internet. <laughs> Over Zoom. So, moving on to section, last section, whatever it's called. Welcome back, listeners. We're moving on to section four. Mm. Everybody's favourite section. Everything section. Random Wikipedia articles. So, so, Dan, if you're not familiar, we just... Uh, oh, I am familiar. I thought you might be, yes, but uh, do I want to explain any more? Because I don't need to. Okay, can I click the article? Three, two, one. Samuel Meredith. Oh. Okay. Who's he then? Samuel Meredith was an American merchant from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 
He was a delegate for Pennsylvania to the Continental Congress from 1786 to 88. President Washington appointed him treasurer of the United States, and he held this office from 1789 till his retirement on December 1st, 1801. So he's an old-school American politician. Uh, what do we know about old-school American politicians? Anyone? I'm Absolutely nothing. No, I have no idea about any of them. I, I barely know that America exists. <laughs> oh, you blissful summer child. Um Okay, uh, he was born in Philadelphia to Reese and Martha Meredith. Uh, his father was a prominent local merchant. After attending Dr. Allison's academy, he joined the family business. Samuel would later expand the business in partnership with his brother-in-law, George Clymer, who married his sister Elizabeth Meredith in 1765. Samuel, oh. That's the way that's written. I thought I got the wrong way around. I thought he was already his brother-in-law, then married his sister again. Yes, or... I thought that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, this guy's really got a type. That's that's <laughs> that's something to pick up on. Sister lover. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's any Welsh ties to this person, Meredith? Quite possibly, because I heard a stat recently that uh, on the Declaration of Independence, out of all the um uh you know, all, all the different nationalities which signed it, most of them are Welsh. There was mm. like the, the highest proportion of uh, native or, or, or cultural origin was Welsh people. So yes. it's a good chance of that. It's a, it's also a similar reason why a lot of uh, African-Americans have Welsh-sounding surnames like uh, Williams and that sort of thing. Is really? from the Yeah, from the historic lineage of being owned by people with Welsh surnames. All oh, right, I see, yes. Look at his family here, look. His parents were right. Reese Meredith, Meredith, mm. and Martha mm. Meredith. They could mm. easily be Welsh. Even his missus is called Margaret Cadwallader Meredith. Yes. Meredith. Yes. Yeah, that, that actually does it. Yeah. I, I would totally agree, but the fact that you're saying it makes it just Welsh anyway. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been influenced by the, the timber of Dan. <laughs> so. Well, you know she's Welsh, Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> exactly. Wasn't there quite a sort of like Mike Tilby aspect of uh, Wales Online or people like our local papers claiming someone as Welsh when the, the links are very tenuous? Yeah. I mean, we've got a Roald Dahl Plass in Cardiff. Like he, he he lived here for a bit, didn't he? But he wasn't like born and bred. Didn't they claim Bob Marley was Welsh at one point? Classically really? Welsh. <laughs> He's not. I think we Bob Marley, the Welshest man I've ever met. And I've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think something was his father was like a in the army or something. His, his father Britain. once said cowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Samuel, uh, well, he lived later life in northeastern Pennsylvania, spent time in Carbondale Township in Lackawanna County, Pennsylvania, where the local fire department bears his name. Oh. He died near Pleasant Mount. Pleasant Mount, Mount Pleasant. That's in Wales, right? That's in Wales, yeah. yeah. No. Wayne County, Pennsylvania, where he's interred in a private ceremony. Surprising a lot of detail about his uh, final resting place there. But, uh, While not fascinating by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> as this, this, yeah. uh, this uh, section seldom is. All right. <laughs> the references here actually take it up a notch. The references. Okay. Um, e by J, 2007, Apokeek Furnace Business Ledger, 1749 <laughs> to 1760, in Laying the Hole. <laughs> 
Essentially, <laughs> if I had my, oh, if they'd have left it as laying the hole instead of saying yeah, it's yeah. Iron manufacturing, it would have been a fascinating <laughs> read. Um, think of note, Dean. This hmm? article doesn't have a picture of him. No, no, that's one of your regular. Um, one of my bugbears. Right, yes, no pictures. Uh, well, I've got a picture of him in my head. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Describe it to me, Dan. Describe it to me, please. He's got a head. <laughs> for a start. Good start. Good start. Um, he's first of all, he's wearing. He's wearing one of those like like George Washington jackets, the blue ones kind of thing. Like, uh, and he's got things buttons on it. But underneath that, right, he's in long johns <laughs> with wellies on, folded over, right there. Bit of Baylor toy. And um, he's got massive sideburns. They're not even his. Oh. He's just stuck them on because he found them and they look cool. <laughs> are they matching? Or they just like got one oh, from one person they, one another They person? are matching, but they're not on even. <laughs> <laughs> like one's ginger, one's curly. <laughs> and just as they were painting his portrait, he did a massive belch. This <laughs> <laughs> in of egg as well. Right then, Dean, let's... Google search it for the picture. We'll see if we can see the egg coming out of him now. He <laughs> was on the fat pig diet. See, that was a problem. Oh, hang on. Oh, not far off, to be fair. <laughs> you were legs. not <laughs> far <laughs> off. Fucking hell. Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how <laughs> did you manage that? That is really disconcerting. The only way it's not more accurate is that it's a black and white picture, so we can't tell what colour he's wearing, but they've got a very strong blue vibe about Yeah, them. and literally you cannot see his legs. You cannot see there. He looks, <laughs> his mouth, his lips are like, he's trying to close them, but that burps is escaping. <laughs> yeah, it's it's over like the belt. His sideburns are mismatched, his mutton chops. Yeah, largely, wow. he's trying to hide them with his shirt collars, pushing up, pushing them up, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. He was told it's a formal picture. You need sideburns. I was like, ah, damn, I'd steal them from a, from a, a a private or something. <laughs> Go to the docks. Beat up a sailor and steal his mutton chops. <laughs> wow. Like, when you described him, your image of him, like I, I was thinking like, it sounds like a forgotten Doctor Who, but uh, now that you've <laughs> we looked at him, it's, it's eerie. And I don't like that's a weird skill you have. Is this your, like, <laughs> we had a theory that everyone's got, like, a Super ability or superpower that never comes up because they're sort of this is yours. You just guess how people from the 19th century look. I have I have a feeling that we, if we tested it, I'd need more mead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it might be just Im, Im, imbued in me because of the bees' juice. Let's do one more. Do you know who George Clymer is that? I've no idea who George Clymer is. All right, then describe him. Then we're going to click on him, see if your powers. Work. You've got to give me some information about the man. You've got to have a little right, bit of a picture. Okay. Uh, I'll go on his. Right, then. This is. We'll edit this out. But I'll go on his Wikipedia just to make sure there's not a picture of him there. I, I literally saw a glimpse when he went over it. Then it would be unfair of me. Oh, so I'm sorry. I didn't realize. He, he, he literally oh, looked like no, a, no, an early days Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah. Well, look, he was succeeded by Thomas Tudor Tucker. Therefore, let's go with that guy. He's the, okay. the follow-up. Let's do okay. it. Follow I'm going to close my eyes. You, yeah, tell me a little bit about it. We'll, we'll tell some facts. Okay, Dan. So, uh, right then, listeners, we're going to test Dan's powers of predicting the the faces of the 17th century or whatever it is, 18th century. They're waning. Oh, They're waning. <laughs> right, Dan. Thomas Tudor Tucker was a Bermuda-born American physician and politician representing Charleston, South Carolina, 
elected from South Carolina in both the Continental Congress and the US House, later appointed as the Treasurer of the United States and served from 1801 to death in 1862. Uh, born in Bermuda, parents of Henry Ann Tucker, uh, studied medicine <coughs> in Scotland. Um, uh, right. So you basically, look, this, this man has probably got wild hair, right? Even, um, He's got wild hair, definitely. And um, he's tried to comb it over and give it a side part. It's not working. Um, yes. He's probably got quite quite high collars, but they're not they're not covering up much either. Um, now, as for him, right, he was probably wearing Bermuda shorts and was the inventor of <laughs> <laughs> Once again, they, they neglect to show them in there. And you can't see that they've got pineapples on them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it it and he's not used to the heat there in Bermuda, um, I, but somehow he's got a very triangular nose as well. <laughs> and tight tight lipped triangle nose, mad air and shorts. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> Open your eyes and look at this. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus, genuinely nervous. <laughs> I look at the this and his shorts. Eyes and was off screen the entire time then. So, uh, yeah, that's actually <laughs> a disconcerted level of uh, guesswork there. You absolutely nailed it. Like <laughs> lip, high collars, wild hair, centre part in yeah. triangular nose. That's, um, yeah, clearly not used to the heat. He's <laughs> not a man built for it. Any stretch of the imagination. His nose is very triangular, and his hair does look like he's bald. And something has landed on the top of his head. It looks like a bit like a facehugger from Aliens. <laughs> it does, <laughs> yes. Truly, truly impressive. Uh, who'd have thought I could predict um, 18th century American politicians? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never have said that. But again, some of your CV done. I could be a Twitter user. You could be <laughs> on your business card. Can't predict 18th century American politicians with an uncanny degree of accuracy. <laughs> there we go. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank you. Are we going to review that article? Uh, yes, we, I'm just getting my note in. Sorry. Nothing to bring it back. because we've, we've become very antagonistic towards each other, Dean. I don't know what yeah, that's about. Sick of it. Sick of it. It's like in Rainier Indian. You just show it off because he's a guest. That's what it is. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's yeah. playing up. <laughs> I like, like all married couples. It's just like, <laughs> you just show it off to someone else in the house. Little bitch oh. in the world. Well, he never puts the washing out. He never does that. Dean, what are you going to give it, Dan? Um, I was going to give it a low score because it was very dry and very uninformative, but it led us on to some very enjoyable tangents. So I'm going to drag it up. I'm going to split the difference and give it a three. I think it's got to, the article itself did not work, but uh, nonetheless, it led us to some interesting places. Dan. Me, I, well, I get, I'm actually quite pleased because I have got a picture of um, the of, of Samuel Meredith, um, the treasurer of the United States, in long johns <laughs> and Baylor twine. So I, I'm <laughs> be very happy, uh, and I'll give it give it give it a three as well. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three as well. I like speculating about um, the Welsh connections of these people, and I was really pleased when with Dan's previously hidden talent of. Um, What's it called? It's like phrenology is when you can... Um... Oh, yeah, that's when you work out someone's personality from the shape of their skull. But, yeah. Um, 
But he yeah. Darren's like the opposite of that. He can yeah. work out the shape of someone's skull for some brief snippets <laughs> of a Wikipedia article. From, from their biography. Yeah. And I also have psychic glimpses of their unseen trousers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so those oh. are three for me. Marvellous. Well, uh, anything you want to say before we go, anyone? Not really. I just, you know, hmm? good. I think we've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>